Marcus. Yo. Who am I? Scott. Thoreau. Uh, hey, Carlo, you like movies? Yes, I do. Hey, Bill, you like movies? I love movies. This is Zebras, Zebras in America, a podcast about movies and, amongst other things, surrealist art. The, the, first, <laughs> the first question of this, of this podcast, a reference to uh, Breton's Nausea, because uh, we just finished watching a movie that Carlo recommended that was a, was a surrealist nightmare, in my opinion. Um, but we'll get into that. So let's do, let's do some intros. I'm Scott Thoreau. You're, Mark, Marcus, you're Pinn. Marcus Pinn. And who, are, who, who do we have the, the lovely... Uh, who, are we, who are we with today? Um, Carlo Pangalangan Labrador. You purposefully said that in, in like a fast way. <laughs> You want me to slow it down? Yes, please. Okay, like so the Lupe Fiasco song. Okay. <laughs> it's Carlo uh-huh. Pangalangan, uh-huh. Labrador. Yes, and who are you? Actually, uh, the Lupe Fiasco song is called Dumb It Down. <laughs> Dumb it down. There's an Odyssey <laughs> song called Slow It Down. Yeah, there's also, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the battle rapper uh, conceded would say, Slow it down! down I just, I just dissed, dissed you! you which, he, which was inspired by QP, but... Uh, Con- uh, conceited made it very famous. Brand Nubian has a song called Slow Down. It's true. Slow down. Yeah. What I am is what I am. Edie Brickell Who she had. No, yeah. not only that, in order to get the rights to set, she wanted to hear the song. So they, they met up at a New York studio and they like played that song for her and she liked it and she was like, yeah, go ahead. And, sure. in, and in the studio was Paul Simon and they fell in love. That's how, that was the origin story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that half uh, that half I made up. I mean, Edie Brickell <laughs> is married. Edie Brickell is married to Paul Simon. Didn't they get like arrested? Didn't they beat the shit of each other a couple months yes. back? Yes, that's not a month. I think it wasn't a few uh, months. It was like a couple of years. It was re- it was recent, domestic though. disturbance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I don't pay too much attention to Paul Simon Edie Brickell's life. You know, I know Paul Simon really loves music about um, ethnic people. Yes, and. Yeah, and yep. is sort of responsible for Vampire Weekend. Yeah, it's also he likes plastic surgery. Too. Who are you? Because we haven't introduced you really. I'm Bill Scurry, second time visitor, second time on the show. That's true. We had dinner the first time. This time we watched a movie, so we always go somewhere interesting. I enjoy that. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and we, you have a podcast. Both of you have podcasts. Everyone in this room has a podcast. That's true. Yeah, That's my, true. my podcast is called I Don't Get It. Uh, it comes out Monday morning. It's a couple of old men looking at... It's two, it's two white dudes confused about uh, the zeitgeist. Yeah, the zeitgeist changes from week to week, but yeah. that's that's a pretty good discussion. Middle-aged white dudes. Yeah. And I, I texted you last week because I'm like, sometimes I think you're making shit up. Because <laughs> this new world of internet fame means like you can there are people like that are super famous that i've never heard of yeah mm-hmm. yeah well because everything's siloed they're gonna be the biggest thing in the universe right next to you and you would never see it it doesn't mm-hmm. cast a shadow and it's invisible but yet millions of people and that guy can make sixty thousand dollars a month doing what he does in the mm-hmm. 1950s there wasn't a chance that no one would know who dorothy dandridge That's exactly is it. there's no way that you wouldn't know right because you had a monoculture and now with the balkan culture it's so strange that everything's so fragmented. You can make these mass towers of invisible fame that we would be totally blocked off from. 
I didn't know who PewDiePie was till a year ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah. still, yeah. The mostly, I <laughs> the think. The top he, earner on I, the yeah. The top earner on the internet. He does like playthrough videos. Oh, him. Yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and. Oh, wasn't and, he the racist? Yeah. Oh, well, so, well, actually, I know, much. Now I know. Much, <laughs> much <laughs> like. I remember. No, you're racist. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, the thing is, what's interesting is so much like. Much like how you pointed out to me last week off air that a lot of the hoopla about Anthony Fantano was created. Not I, I not everything about Pootie Pie. It was it was create some of it was a hit piece, some of it but he, then he I think he dropped an N bomb playing a video game. Yeah, that, which yeah was, that's all I knew. Which yeah. but he also did a parody dressed up as a Nazi and people tried to make it that he was a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, I don't know that's true. There's actual Nazis. <laughs> Yeah, but he doubled down on that bullshit. He could have backed away from The, the thing about it is that, you know, people do, people double down in the internet age instead of just apologizing when you... And what I, some, what I read, I read an article many years ago about one of the last butlers. There's not a lot of butlers anymore. Mm-hmm. And he said, what I've learned is when you fuck up, you apologize, and you apologize once, and you move on. And it's helped me in my life because sometimes I'll mm-hmm. over-apologize and then I find that people get really uncomfortable because sometimes they just want you to acknowledge you did something wrong. Yeah. And often, sometimes, if you if you give someone enough rope, then they start just blabbering. <laughs> you know, they just become tenors, just start singing so much stuff. But, yeah, so you, you have I Don't Get It, which I listen yes. to. Mm-hmm. You have Woman on the Screen. Yeah, which is an inactive podcast. Inactive podcast. <laughs> we connected through SoundCloud. You sent Zebras yes. in America uh, an email mm-hmm. that, you were, that you started your podcast based on us and be, to a certain extent. And because uh, people really love their egos to be massaged, I immediately liked you. <laughs> and then you started started giving me books and recommending me things and we started talking mm-hmm. and and we said we'd have you on the podcast before you moved to an undisclosed location yeah and we watched, that's all accurate we watched brisson together too yes we did you year. guys showed up on my podcast yeah. uh for that um yeah just a little bit about my podcast like there's only two episodes that are on itunes now because i basically stopped paying the soundcloud monthly fee because it was just I'm, I wasn't doing it often enough but that Brasson pod uh, episode is still on iTunes so if you look up going on the screen and you want to hear us discussing Four Nights of a Dreamer yeah with the zebras and Bill yeah Bill and, then, and I both did not love that movie <laughs> and you used yeah. a, a word that I had never heard before and I accidentally made someone uncomfortable because they didn't want to talk on the podcast that's awesome what word was i forget what the word was but i remember the woman though yeah oh yeah she was really (laughs) reticent very reticent to talk and no you're you're quite the grandiloquent i do and um (laughs) so you you'll you'll show you'll throw up some you'll like bring up some words and it's not obsequious it's just its own thing and i I like that i was on a podcast last week with this guy uh, cole smithy we were talking about Teresa russell and whore Mm-hmm. The, the, the Ken Russell movie from 91 and I had mentioned that Ken Ru- I said Ken Russell's Velton Shawong and the guy said wait a second hold on wait, what, what are you talking about what is this <laughs> and then I said see that's a word that you've yeah. only ever read no one ever says the like word like Schottenfreude or Bildungsroman mm-hmm. yeah right you, maybe you never heard it before but mm-hmm. you certainly read the word Velton Shawong but it's like I, uh, no I haven't your cousin Sheldon eating yeah. shellfish in Long Island yes <laughs> um, anyways so you you decided to have us see a movie, Carlo? Yes. Um, which what, what was the movie called? Uh, the Ice Rink. 
The Patinoir, is it? La Patinoir. Directed by Jean-Philippe Toussaint. Yes. Who who I know because um, you wrote, you gave me a book for my birthday called The Bathroom. Yes. Which is interesting. It's about a dude who who lives in a bathroom. Yes. And his girlfriend, <laughs> and his girlfriend gets mad at him, and he eventually does leave the bathroom. It's he a does. short book. It's it's you could no. probably call it a novella. Yeah, it's hundred. I'm pages. sure. So, yeah, so that's that's a novella. That's mm-hmm. a that's shorter than of Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men is a hundred and three pages. Yeah. All killer, no filler. Um, <laughs> and totally. And I. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, people used to call me Lenny sometimes, and I get pissed off, and it made me so upset. Like that's so upsetting on so many levels. So I really hate that. But Did you like been... to stroke women's hair? <laughs> or that's a been... question. That's, that's a legit question. Bunny rabbits. Bunny yeah, rabbits. But, uh, but it could have been Lenny Bruce. You know, he's a cool Lenny. Could have been leaping Lenny Poffo. Macho Men's brother. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It, it had to do with Lenny from. Of mice and men because right. of like because I was big and they're like oh you're gonna hurt me and I'm like and it was like I hate that okay. um, I hate this conversation um, <laughs> when I was a teenager sometimes I would sleep in the bathroom for mm. some reason I don't know why I just like had like posture issues and so sleeping in a bathtub was like something I liked to do mm. so that's what I liked about the book the bathroom yeah he mm. talks about that just like how convenient it is the slope of the bathtub the, yeah yeah and how it raises his legs and yeah. Yeah, and, and it's very easy to use the restroom. Is it is it a comedy? Like, what kind of what's the what's the tone of the book? It's, it's a realist comedy. It's a realist yeah. comedy. There's a deadpan <clears throat> edge to it too. Like, there's also just you're never quite sure how the character is feeling. It's, it's written in first person, so he never gives reasons why he does things. He's mm-hmm. just like, one day I decided to move into my bathroom. <laughs> how many times do you think people have compared him to Breton? I don't know because like seventeen. <laughs> I I mean you know when I sent you guys like the the link to it like uh, his novels are actually compared to like Charlie Chaplin and Jim Jarmusch like those are the people that he's um, like connected to. But as you can see, he's also a filmmaker, and that's the thing. He's not like a novelist turned filmmaker. Like he started making films the same time he started making. Uh, novels, uh, writing novels, but it was just like he, um, the films are just hard to come by. And yeah. for some it's reason, not like, um, I feel like you're describing John Sales. <laughs> Seriously, John Sales has written like three books, novels, oh, and right. yeah, film, he's true. got 19 films, and they're very, yeah. some of them are very hard to come by. But he did both equally. He, yeah. he went in, but he, he would prefer to write a, a novel because it was pur- purely his. Right. He could film as, as ambitious a story as he wanted, but with the movies, he's always chasing Jurassic, that last Jurassic million Park dollars. Jurassic Park 4 was awesome. The, right. one, the version that he wrote that never came out. Did you like that? I did. It was okay. It was a little weird. The script was a little weird. I like weird things. Yeah. Which is interesting because I don't know how I feel about this movie, and it was very weird. <laughs> but I do like weird things, especially weird sci fi things. Yeah. Yes. You glanced at me a couple of times during the film. What was that about? Because I just was like, you're just fucking with me you like <laughs> you like really zany surrealist shit like i swear like you would like a movie that's like six hours of someone just pouring water into a well mm, and you'd be laughing I don't know. and you guys you know you guys you bill and and carlo i was saying i would love to watch a fucking groucho marx movie with you guys because oh you, yes you laugh at physical that. comedy yeah. yeah so much every Probably. time someone fell or got hurt y'all were giggling <laughs> well you know what it is? I'll, I'll tell you i felt like it was a comedy that wasn't shot like a comedy mm. right it's always one of those things where if you're watching something that's not i was watching the amityville horror the other day 
this project I'm working on. And it's this histrionic, overacted, state-of-the-art 1979 TV movie, which just completely does, does not date very well today. Mm-hmm. And there are these things where you're watching characters... It's true. We met on Tinder and we went on a couple dates and it didn't work. There you go. But you're watching these clergy come into the house and they get physically ill and they start throwing up. And like they're, it's a comedy. You're watching these people throw up, but they're not actually throwing up. They're hiding behind a door, mm-hmm. and you hear the noise is the most ridiculous, wretched noise. And I'm like, this right. is not, a, this is not a comedy, and yet it's funny. And yeah. it's like this is not shot like a comedy, yet it's hilarious. Not yeah. shot like a comedy to the point where like there's not. I mean, there's music in the movie, but not in like typical points. So like the music doesn't dictate that you're supposed to laugh at stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what right. I. By the way, I, I enjoyed this movie. It oh, yeah, reminded me. me it was shot. It was like the same tone as the dinner party, which was later sure. remade. What was the name of the, the Zach Galifianakis Paul uh, Rudd? Dinner for Schmucks. Dinner for, for Schmucks. Uh, yeah, yeah. It reminded me. Dinner for the Yeah. I liked yeah. both of those. I liked the remake and the original. I did. I did kind of like the remake too. But I, I like I like the I like the dinner party more. But I still like dinner for. Yo, game more. nights, bro. Game night was yeah. was good. I liked uh, game night. No, I gotta disagree. With what? No, everything. Game night was amazing. It was dark. Was it was, it was dark. It like, was, when it was, he kept doing the Denzel impression, yeah. I don't know why that kept making me laugh. Well, that guy's funny from that from the new girl. But, um, but 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 Jason Bateman phoned it in. And he just looked like he was not interested to be there. And the guy, the creepy neighbor from Breaking Bad, the highlight was awesome. It was the five hundredth <laughs> role that guy's played, where he's just some dead-eyed psycho. And it's yeah. like I'm tired of that. You know, look, look to quote just Eric, a good actor. to quit to quote Eric Andre. If it works, it works. <laughs> to quote Eric Andre, bird up, bird up. Yeah. Worst show on television. <laughs> you know, he he played all, like I yeah, watched. I sound like narcs right now. <laughs> Seriously, I, no. I watched a movie where that actor played like just a comedian whose mom was played by Molly Shannon, who I was like, dying. It was a good movie. I like that movie. He did not play the evil dude from Breaking Bad mm, in that no, movie, yeah. and it was yeah. great. It was great. Yeah. And Game Night was I wanted. It was the first popcorn film of the year that I liked. I watched it upon Marcus's request. Mm. I liked. Yeah. I liked that it was his, spicy. Playing charades, his. It was him crying, of like, it, he did a picture <laughs> yeah. of him crying, like, what is it? It's the Green Mile. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's me in the movie, it's me crying. That's, <laughs> funny. That's, that's, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That's a funny line. It's a funny line. There's a lot of fun, it's just, it's a funny oh, movie, man. and it's dark, I, and I like let it. Me, let me, I also, I'm, I'm not done, Bill. All right. <laughs> I also actually really liked Bill, uh, the... Burt Wonderstone, which is directed by oh, those guys. I've never mm-hmm. seen Burt Wonderstone. It's an underrated movie because it because it doesn't know the tone of its own self, mm-hmm. so it changes the tone a lot. But I like it. But it's a wholly original concept. That's why I lo- like looking at the poster for a movie about dueling magicians. Looks like this is everything I want. Mm. This could be as good as MacGruber. Like, there's no reason why this movie shouldn't be fucking hilarious. I haven't seen it to prove, but but everyone just said like, oh, it doesn't do those things that it promises to do. Be the no. movie that the image and the sort of high concept pitch would suggest it could be. But anything can be anything if you're brave enough. That's true. And if you don't watch trailers, then you just watch a movie. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's as good as MacGruber, but it's. I liked it. I liked it a lot more. Uh, as good as MacGruber. Yeah, I mean MacGruber. We like MacGruber at Zebras, <laughs> which yeah. is funny because yeah. my. I saw that movie. I did not like it for like years, mm. and then like some friends of mine, guys from the Pink Smoke, were like, "Yeah, but what about this? What about what about this line or that part?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess it is all for just Val Kilmer." It's not, it's one of it's not even so much about MacGruber, but Val Kilmer's Peter von Kunz. Yeah, mm-hmm. or and just again the the line where he's walking out of the party and he's like 
yells at the woman. He's like, have fun getting date raped. And Val Kilmer's like, that's my daughter. Like, just little shit. I, I enjoy you telling that story so much that, I'm not even, that I don't even interrupt you anymore. I'll continue to true. say it. We, we brought up MacGruber. I'm going to say it. Yeah, no. his, his dialogue with Chris Jericho? Yeah. Dick no. jokes. I love I love to tell them. <laughs> So, like, uh, this movie was like Synecdoche, New York on ice with Three Stooges is written by Samuel Beckett. Oh, I see. That's oh. why he lit up the phone. That's the kind That's of notes good. we need. That's yeah, a good note. I like exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, ice. Very good. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, it was like, this is like all happening as it wasn't happening and nothing was happening and a lot was happening. Yeah. See, to me, it just reminded me of like a slightly, just like a fun, a comedic Irma Vep, the Olivia Sayers film. Um, yeah. about making a movie like and all the crazy chaotics stuff that goes on but this was actually funny was, I guess there's funny parts on Irma Vet, but this is like intense. no this movie funny. was really funny it had yeah. Bruce, Bruce Campbell in it yes yeah. as the actor as really the actor underused too which I thought underused which I, thought, I like I thought it was going to be a lot of him and yeah. you're like oh no he's he was just in it just he was just there hanging out yeah. what there wasn't enough of was Briscoe County Jr. that was a great show that's true yeah. <laughs> that was Bruce Campbell's 90s uh I, Fox, like, yeah, Fox, Fox comedy, Western. first comedy sci-fi western that I know of. Well, I yeah. guess there's Westworld, obviously. Big Trouble Little China, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's a um, Firefly was pretty cool. You know what this movie reminded me of is almost like Karismaki. There's something in the way it. It's a very deadpan. Yeah, yeah, but but also there's such incredible humor inside moments of Karismaki where. It's a, first of all, it's elliptical, which mm-hmm. I really like. The perfect way to, to, to do a movie about a movie yeah. is to make it elliptical because it yeah. just makes yeah. the movie, like Barbarian Sound Studio, mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. gave you the idea of the whole movie you're seeing. Right. Just so much, like that looked like the best Jallo. Did you just mm-hmm. see Barbarian Sound Studio? No. Oh, man. It's the good. guy who made Queen of. Um, uh, uh, Duke of Burgundy. Duke of Burgundy. Duke of yeah, Burgundy. Yeah. Now that movie I love. Yeah, but I like Burberry and Sound Studio too. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, and, it's, and it's, but it's like you're watching the sound process, this foley work being made of a, a Giallo movie, and the movie like you cannot see a movie as good as the one you have in your head mm-hmm. because it, you, you see it so elliptically, and that's what I like about this. It's like this would be the worst fucking movie in the world. The thing they're shooting on ice <laughs> mm-hmm. makes no <laughs> sense, but it looks so impressive, yeah. and it just has like whatever. We're suspended in this this linear or this a-linearity mm-hmm. because it's being elliptically shown to you. That's what's so great about right. it. You well, can't tell what it is from the edit points that they show you. I, I, I love that. What yeah. I found, aside from obviously the Bill and Ted uh, series, is that it's much easier to describe art or things as good versus showing it. Because once you show it, the viewer right. can make a choice about it. Yeah. What? Uh, what? Um, who, is, who is the guy that directed um, Ghost, Ghost World? Terry Zweigoff. Terry Like What Terry Zweigoff did very well in Ghost World and the movie after the Art movie... School Confidential. Art School Confidential. I'm not going to say that Art School Confidential was a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good but, comic. But one I can, page. It's a one-page comic. <laughs> yeah. By Daniel Klaus. Yeah. Film. Film. And what, what he did do well was that he had very good artists work on the art so you could believe that the art was good right he, so, yeah. so Donald um, Crumb's daughter did the art for the character in Ghost World mm-hmm. so Enid. Enid's character yeah. so you had this verisimilitude which is really hard to convey mm-hmm. if you if I tell you that someone is a good musician you're like okay but then if yeah. you play the music yeah. not, you know we don't know I'm very excited about Bill and Ted 3 coming out mm-hmm. in the next couple of years because I always wanted to see how they made the song that changed the world. 
because mm-hmm. it always seemed that their music was probably pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And from what I understand of the premise is that they haven't made the song that, that changes the world yet. Mm. You're saying the third one. The third still one still in the, the third one's about thirty years later, they have it's about failure. And my favorite one of my favorite things, so my favorite cartoon of all time is the Venture Brothers, mm-hmm. which is just about failure. It's about it's all about failure, and I'm obsessed with failure because I really thought that my life was a failure for a very long time. So I find it really fascinating. I think everyone's fascinated with failure because we make upwards comparisons, mm-hmm. downwards comparisons. That's what we do. You shouldn't. You yeah. should not make comparisons to other people because you're living the best life you can, and most people are trying their best as well. Which is all to say that the idea of Bill and Ted, because they could have made Bill and Ted being they're super successful and they're changing the world, and the world is great. They could have done that, but I like that they're not. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a sequel that I'm very excited for. Right. There's a lot of movies I'm excited you know, for. Surprisingly enough, this guy's the other Alex Cox in it, as we know. This Alex Cox, to me, is almost as interesting as the other one. The Man Who Made Repo Man is a very interesting yeah. Alex Cox. Right. But what the one, the other, wait, what? Alex, Alex Winter. Winter. You're thinking oh, about Alex, Alex Winter. Winter. Yeah, 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 Alex right. Winter. Yeah, he yeah. became like a documentary filmmaker. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. well, every, every, he also made Freaked. Yeah, let's not forget he, his, his directorial debut is amazing. <laughs> right, right. With Brichio's, Keanu Reeves, yeah. Dennis Quaid, Puppet, Puppetry's and Art Randy itself. Quaid, sorry, Randy, yes. <laughs> Alex yes. Cox made a bunch of great movies. Yeah. Yes, he did. No, I'm not saying. Made, he made some terrible yeah. ones too. No, that I respect. There's some about him in Repo general, Girl that, was not great. No, was no, that Repo Chick? Was yeah, no, it's called Repo Girl. Oh, Repo Girl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, for some <laughs> or maybe reason, it was Repo Chick. I tried to yeah. forget that. Like, for some reason, I've always bundled Alex Winter and Alex Cox together because I think I heard about him at the same time. That's racist. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that racist. I think I can I get, get a pass for this one. Not with those shoes you not have. With on. These shoes. <laughs> I love the shoes. Just, for yeah. Pete, this is not a visual yeah. podcast. Shoes. But but Bill fresh. has some of the nicest. Uh, loafers I've seen. Mm, they are yes. they are Gucci. I feel like Ghostface would approve. Well, I know because um, Ghostface would approve of those. Gucci yeah, yeah, so. Gucci would approve. No, I knew that they were Gucci. I just didn't want to say it. I wasn't okay. going to put you on mm-hmm. blast. But since you said it, yeah. Um, my sortorial execution might be not very clear to you, but I do know I, I used to pay a lot of attention to fashion, and I knew that those were Gucci, and I liked them a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. I like that shade of green. Right? Like, well, uh, yeah. I also really like the rapper Nipsey Hussle. I was listening to him a lot today. His new album is one of my favorites of this year. Yo, he's so fucking good. Isn't he one of the guys who like charged like a hundred bucks for yeah. his what, mixtape? Yeah, his, he charged like a thousand dollars. Starlito charges a hundred dollars for his yeah. mixtapes, and they're worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm. St- I, it's funny because I was thinking about that earlier today. The whole because that's like. Makami, who I'm a big fan of, his album yeah. is a thousand dollars, and you had the Wu album. I just think no matter what, I'm always gonna be the not gonna budge fundamentalist. Where it's like hip hop was birthed from like poor disenfranchised. So for at the point where you're charging that much money for people to buy, like I just can't get with it. I'm downloading the shit out of. If your album is that expensive, I'm downloading it. Just I think on, the, for free I think on the I think principle. the Wu Tang thing was obscene. Yeah, mm. and but I'm even a huge, take I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of them. But to make a record that, according to people, is like one of the best Wu-Tang records, and they haven't made a great Wu-Tang record in a long time, mm-hmm. and then to not let people have it yeah. for a hundred years is... I don't know, what's the point of me? What's the point? Do you also, But also now, more and more, as they get individual interviews, it's now been corroborated. So far, three people, Ghostface, Raekwon, Ugod, different time periods, different interviews have all said 
RZA didn't even tell them what what they were recording. They were just like, hey, do, well, do these verses, send, send it. Actually, so they didn't even know about it. Well, them. actually, RZA, like, I mean, I'm not trying to go super deep into this because I don't want, like, a Wu-Tang person, so like, his, the, listening the to a record and, like, getting mad at me. <laughs> but but Silver Rings, who's a producer who, sound, who has very Wu-Tang stuff, spent years putting together what he thought would be the perfect Wu-Tang album. Mm. And then it was it was sort of turned into this thing. And then all of the forums where Silver Rings was talking about him putting out the record all of a sudden disappeared. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And then Martin Scarelli bought it, and yeah. he's not even that huge of a Wu-Tang fan. And mm. I really thought when he got arrested and went to jail that we were going to get this record. Yeah, because then... Like I think it was seized by the government. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. It was, so it's an asset that's yeah. just, that's just being held on to. <laughs> that's probably at the end of the day only going to be pretty good too. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. one of the biggest Wu fans ever. I'm not trying to be the downer, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know. I've heard it. It's great. I, I got a bigger question. Does anyone? Does anyone? Do you think anybody knows Nipsey Russell where the name true. came from? Russell. No, I'm saying. Oh, Nipsey Russell. That's a reference. Oh, that's a reference. That's a good. I'm sure some some don't because even people of my age have no idea who that is. I mean, that's I what I'm saying. It. Yeah. May, may, so maybe if they've seen The Wiz, you know, they know may, the, may, the Man and The Wiz. <laughs> I yeah, fucking I really love The Wiz, and I didn't even hate the remake on TV, but I prefer the movie. Mm. May I may I make a, a vague spoiler to um, Sorry to Bother You? Yeah, please. Sure. It's very it's very very vague. There's this Danny Glover's in it for a short time, mm. and they're at a meeting and he's they're like what do you think he's like well i'm too old for this shit and no one in the theater got it i was the only person 1987 yeah there were so many young people in the theater that no one got lastly the weapon is still 20 years old yeah so there's like no shit you know people did not get the the lethal weapon reference you know you can't expect that like there's some things in culture that got to be left behind you just we just don't have enough room on the on the the train to get everything every single year not just because we know that one so well and it's Mm. it's canonical to us i mean it's all the shit that we don't fucking know that the kids love can you imagine what the memes memes what are the memes vines i know vines are done no but i'm just saying that was like still there there were video memes basically you know there were a few seconds yeah um I was trying to think of like ice movies that I liked. Goon, Goon, Ooh, Goon. yes. I, I, Tanya, Blades of Glory, mm-hmm. Happy Gilmore, uh, Sudden Death. Yes. They said the word sudden death in yeah. this. Yes, and it. I was like, I wish John Claude Van Damme was in this. And, and who's the bad guy? I oh, see Powers him Booth. in Howard's Booth, rest yeah. in peace. Or when, or when Edwin Bogosian was the bad guy in Under Siege 2. Yeah. Oh, yes. He was oh, a good man. villain. And it was on a train. It was on a train. Yeah, no, Under Siege. Two. Oh, I'm thinking oh, Speed Cruise Control. Speed Two Cruise that was Control. On a, that, that was on a boat. That was Willem Dafoe. Jason Defoe. Patrick. Yeah. Jason Patrick. Yeah. I call him Willem Defriend because <laughs> we're, we're buddies. We're trying to be trying to clear you, the air. Have you seen It's All About Love, the Thomas Vinterberg movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Claire Danes, where she's an ice skater? And it's like in the future, oh, and it's like snowing so all over Africa. I have to it's go. It's crazy. I have like, to go um, and watch. Well, Sean, oh, Sean Penn. I forgot <laughs> Sean Penn's in them. His, yeah. he's We've Joaquin Phoenix's Sean brother. He's, wa- he's Joaquin Phoenix's brother, and he's on a plane throughout the whole movie that's just flying forever. It, it's it's one of the most surreal. Except movies for that one ever. scene in Hurley Burley when Sean Penn has Hurley a cigarette Burley. and he falls in the pool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is a, this that's all in the Vinterberg movie you're saying. It's all about love. Yeah, what, it came out all, in 2003. All about love. I'm going to watch. about love. Yeah. I'm going to watch this. I, I recently saw a, a ice skating document mockumentary, but I forgot what it was called. Mm. 
and it was bugging me the whole movie mm -hmm. what it yeah. was. This movie was cool because I was like every it was like waiting for things to happen, but nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Like there's this there's this uh, conceptual art play I like by by Louis Grua, some French dude, called Cellar Door, and like it's about like the radiators are talking about things happening as it's happening. And I sometimes think that conceptual art is annoying because the, the process is so much more important sometimes yeah. than, than the actual stuff. And I feel, Carlo, that you're, you're a huge, you like conceptual art. You like all this, you uh, like all this weird shit. Yeah, not all, but, you know, I definitely... It sounds like an accusation when he says it about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I definitely lean towards it because, I mean, I think what draws me to it is just the idea of somebody trying to push, like, a medium to its limits, you know, like, regardless of whatever art it may but be. But just because it's being put to its limits, is it good? No, but it's actually making progress for the medium, though. That's what I feel. It's like, yeah, I admire, like, yeah, I admire even so just ambitious work that basically, like, overshoots it. I'd rather see that than something, like, safe and kind of... Milk yeah. toast and wishy-washy. Yeah, like, huh? so... I, I I hear you, but sometimes mm. it doesn't feel ambitious. Sometimes, mm. who was the fellow that was that did the blank canvas in the fifties? I'm not familiar. Blank canvas. It's literally just a blank canvas, mm. and that the art was your shadow, or ah, similar to John yeah. Cage's four twenty three four thirty three four thirty three. Yeah. That I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to like. I feel like. These are very specific examples, and mm. I haven't seen either. I'm trying to think mm. of like, what else is it? What is what's? An, I'm trying to find it. What's an example of uh, conceptual art that I have seen? So I have. I'm trying to think. Mm. Is like Donald Judd's string doorways up at Dia Beacon? Does that sort of thing count? Yes, that yeah. is that yeah. is conceptual right. art. Okay. But there is like beautiful. I guess you can consider. I'm not it saying like, conceptual art can't be yeah. beautiful. But I guess these are the examples that like have this effect on me it's like really emotional it's like you know james terrell like there is actually a permanent installation of james terrell at moma ps1 it's been there since 1986 and it's a sky space it's basically a hole in the ceiling and uh the only time to actually see it is at dawn and sunset like that's the prime time but the thing is the museum hours don't necessarily align because the museum closes at six in the summer mm -hmm. so you have to like get a ticket and it's worth it because you just see an amazing show i mean you know even i, I hate to invoke his name but drake like so <laughs> the james terrell like hold on a second it, why why do you hate to invoke the name drake uh i don't know it's just well all the stuff that's being discussed with him in it like it's just he's getting enough exposure now he's got a new album all these things um what's that album called Scorpion. Scorpion. <laughs> is it on sale now? Yes. Yes, it is. June 29th. Um, I downloaded it for free, though. I didn't pay for it. Yeah, the, yeah. the oh, DJ man. Premiere song on it is great. Oh, shit. He, he's got a track it's on cool. it? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's cool. It's, it. it's fine. Yeah. That song or the, the album? Both. Yeah. There, there are a couple <laughs> songs. I, I, I like Drake just fine. Yeah. You know, I have I have thoughts about it that I mm. don't want to, like, recorded, say. Yeah. So, do you like the do you like Otecra? Yes. They're one of my favorite groups yeah for sure i mean their last record is just like hours of autiker <laughs> yeah i was gonna correct you but it's like we know what you were saying yeah it doesn't matter although it might confuse the listeners they might right. like look for i'm yeah. confused hours yeah. yeah it's um Autecra. prime prime warp warp label mm -hmm. uh their duo and a lot of their work is actually generated 
by using this program called Max DSP, mm-hmm. and they create these pieces and then they edit them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. their last couple of records are like six hours long. Yeah, and it's very conceptual, but it's it's a rare thing where, in my opinion, the concept is because I think generated music is really cool. Mm-hmm. When you say generated music again, dumb it down. So me. Max MSP is a very complicated music making program that only weird genius techno kids use. Mm-hmm. I've used it a little bit to create sounds, and I, it took me like two hours to figure out how to make a clap. But it was the weirdest sounding clap, <laughs> and it uh, you it, it it comes for free if you download it if you buy Ableton, and most people don't don't work with it because it's it's really you know back of the machine sort of stuff. Mm. It's not it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, user yeah. friendly. You have to you know what really impresses. I know it's, this is a what really impresses me about chiptune music is. A lot of people that make chiptune, you know, chiptune music, like video game music. Yeah, sure. A That'll lot of people. Sound. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of people program it on a Game Boy. Yeah, no, that I've seen. My friend made a whole movie about that called Eight Bit. Yeah. And what's impressive to me is the difficulty because it's not like making music. It's a different. It's like software programming. It's programming. Yeah, that I understand. And I've used that program to make sounds. I made a whole album with the band Junk Science where we just made all these. NAS music where I've made a lot of the sounds from Laser Laser Boy or whatever which was the cartridge that you could make uh, sounds on and it was difficult and I what I would do is I would just make the noises and then sample them instead of try to program them mm-hmm. and Max DSP you can make these algorithms to make this music and then the, you play it back and it's random but with parameters that you're creating yeah sure well, that sounds incredible to me. I mean, I love, I love generated synthesized music. That's just one of my uh, favorite genres of, of music. Yeah. Sure. Every time I listen to all the What? I love synthesized music. Okay. You know, yeah. that's one of my favorite. The, the Moog synthesizer and everything that sort of came from Bob Moog and, and, and has pollinated itself throughout music, however it appears today, I always it's always interesting no matter where it shows up. Are you familiar with this? It was a woman named Floral Shop. She was, she makes something called vaporware. I think it's called vaporwave. Vaporwave. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah and she did this yeah. song where it's like she chopped up a Diana Ross song, and it like modulated the speed up and down, and it has this completely you know drunken sound to it. But it it, it almost doesn't rec- you know it almost doesn't resemble the original Donna, uh, Diana Ross song at all, which is pretty cool. It is mm-hmm. cool, and vaporwave as a whole is really awesome. Yeah. 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 But you were saying something about Drake, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, so basically Drake's Hotline Bling video is inspired by the art of um, James Terrell because he saw the James Terrell uh, retrospective at uh, LACMA, and yeah. So my thing about Drake is, so if someone sees that video and looks deeper and they go check out that art, mm-hmm. then even if you don't like Drake, then he just did a service to the art Absolutely, industry. Absolutely, yeah. I, and he employs producers and artists that are cool that you might not have discovered. Mm-hmm. He, my, m- one of my favorite artists, Francis and the Lights, got a major push when Drake discovered him years ago and had him write and produce a song on his first album called Karaoke. And now Francis and the Lights has is signed to Kanye West label and mm. so I think it can be it can be really cool even if even if his music might make you be like, how is this guy continuing to be even more famous? 
<laughs> I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's bad at all. But his record just is like the, one of the first records to get a billion streams in a week. He's outsized, yeah. but he's. I think he's the pop star for our age. Everything we were talking about. How do you explain anybody's fame? I mean, why should why shouldn't Drake be this famous? And compared wh- compared to that flossing kid that you were talking about on yeah, your podcast, that kid, yeah, it's like this kid just does a dance, and he's he's. He's more famous than me, and I've been way, making yeah. I'm way. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the thanks. You for have the so much more, so much more output. Me, by the way, me and my wife, uh, the last we rent, we bought Whiteface, and we I showed it for her for the first time, and I, I said, look, that's Scott Thurow at the end. I said that score you heard was his, and it's an excellent score. It's a great movie. Thank it you. held up again. In case we need to plug him to make, and we should as much as possible because he deserves it. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Marcus, you like this movie? I like this movie a lot. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I did too. I want to hear more. I feel like yeah. I, I, I want to hear some Marcus. We were talking earlier though about um, things inside of things that are supposed to be serious, even if it's, a, if it's a comedy. And it reminded me of For Your Consideration, which bothered me because the movie inside the movie was really really bad, mm-hmm. and it was like an Oscar contender. Like I think at yeah. the end of the day, like one of the actors was nominated for like best supporting actor, so that kind of bothered me. Like this wasn't as uh wasn't as bad as as in for your consideration but it was like absurd because it's like you're trying to piece together what this thing is about it's like yeah. hockey match this guy is in love with this like ice skater who gets shot in the yeah. middle of the ring <laughs> which also going back to going back to uh it's all about love there's a scene where a bunch of Claire Dane cyborgs are ice skating and this mysterious guy just starts sniping them out they all st- and like yeah, and this movie is so fun. You don't understand how weird this fucking movie is. No, because yeah. and it tanked when it came out. Right. Whenever you start telling it, me shit like that, Hal Hartley Beauty and the Beast sci-fi movie, mm, no such thing. Yeah, I oh, went yeah. home and watched it immediately. Oh, yeah, like oh. I was like, oh. I, I was like, I have to go. You lent me the DVD. <laughs> I yeah. took an Uber pool home. Yeah, you know. I'm not joking. I roasted yeah. a chicken. Yeah. I watched yeah, it. I wish, like, I wish we were in my apartment now because I would just give you the DVD for It's All About Love. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. I think you could rent it off YouTube. You could stream yeah. it and rent it off YouTube. Renting stuff has become really quite easy. And YouTube is like yeah. a weird ace, yeah. man. They got some right. weird shit. It's they, have, they have more stuff than Amazon. And it's, mm, it's yeah. as the only problem is that I have a huge Amazon life hack that, that I know Carlo has used. Yeah. Is you take all your change and you bring it to a coin star. And you trade it in for Amazon gift certificate, and then you oh. use that to stream movies. Yes, that's good. If you're Very a coin good. person, because I don't like to have a lot of change in my in my body. Me neither. In your body. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little annoyed. I, I came back from Montreal with like twenty dollars, and because it, that's they're more Euro, like they have one and two dollar coins. <laughs> so the exchange place by my job, when I got back, I tried to exchange them back, and they wouldn't take. They're like, we don't take coins, and I was yeah. trying to explain. No, but these are like. Two dollars and one dollar. She's like, doesn't matter. We don't take it. Paper so I got bummed. Only. But then I remembered. In a few months, I'm going to Toronto. So I have. I got my oh, Tim Hortons money nice. as soon as I get Tim there. Tim Hortons. Yeah. yeah. Get your loonies. Um, your, your dollar. Yeah. Dollar. Loonies and you, toonies. You bring up Hal Hartley because that's what I was thinking. In There's the a deadpanness in this. Yeah. And yeah. also yeah. the. I mean, you know, Zebra's favorite, right? Henry Fool. Like initially, you were actually supposed to hear Simon's epic poem in the film. That's another. Yeah. And then yeah. yeah, he just took it out because. And he was interviewed about. It. He was asked like, how come we never hear this like amazing i, I don't think you could get and, that across as, as, yeah. as big as they made it out to be i don't think any you couldn't hire a team right. of like great writers and poets to make a, a movie that because it's a poem that caused like his mom to kill herself or a poem yeah. to like get people to call the police i think or, that i think the, i think 
that's an example of like the the reaction of people throughout that movie like mm-hmm. got it and you never thought like because just i love that movie so much but i still mm-hmm. didn't even think oh yeah we actually never hear the part like i still yeah. i it's, forget that it's, it's still not yeah. my favorite of that trilogy mm-hmm. ned rifle's my favorite of the three mm-hmm. and but what i the thing is to write a poem in 2000 well this is 1998 mm-hmm. yeah to write a poem in 1998 that would cause your mother to take her own life it's much easier. How who's going to write that? Yeah. Poetry isn't as important. I think poetry is now more important now. Mm-hmm. Poetry is having another movement now. But in 1998, poetry was like the biggest poet. I guess was like Saul Williams, and people right. still right were right at 98. Right at 98, <laughs> yeah. and pe- a lot of people hated Saul Williams. Mm. Thought his poetry was bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think any poetry is bad. Just some I like more than others. Mm-hmm. But also another cool thing is the poet and. In Henry Fool, James Urbaniak yeah. is one of the main voices in Venture, Venture Brothers. Brothers. Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct. Well, <laughs> which is one of Doug's favorite shows ever of all time. What up, Doug? Yes, hi, Doug. Doug wrote us an email, but I think I'm going to read it in the past. Okay. Because because <laughs> when this when this this episode will air after an episode that has yet to be recorded, <laughs> okay. in which in which I will read Doug's email that he sent to us. Oh, that's uncanny. Awesome. That's okay. great. There's a lot of time travel in this show. Yeah, great, that's yeah. one of my yeah. favorite aspects of the you podcast. Ever seen the, yeah, why do you like the our mis- podcast? Why does, why does anyone like <laughs> this show? The pre-tape call-in show? No, I know that sketch. Oh, I love it. That's, yeah, you don't even know because because yeah, Doug references Mr. Show that's in another, the well, email. That's, a, that's another one of his favorite shows. I know well, Doug. Well, so, he so. he references... I believe it. That doesn't surprise... You saw my reaction. doesn't surprise me that Doug would reference Mr. Show. No, but like people do listen to our show and I I'm yeah. like, I'm like, why? My, yeah. I, I, my girlfriend's mother this afternoon gave me her phone to subscribe because she didn't know how to do it, and she had me subscribe Zebras in America on on her awesome. phone. So she's gonna be listening now. All right, I she's think. not gonna listen, is she? Yeah. Wow. She has a sit down job. She'll, 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 she yeah. probably will listen. So. Okay, she. Yeah. It's more stuff I say that would make my family members uncomfortable than stuff Marcus <laughs> I, says. I think, no, it's more the idea when you get lost in the WCW, like ephemera, that's where the wheels kind of come off a little bit for the average layman, I think. <laughs> if you guys are talking about who was in, like, the Monday Night Raw lineup in, like, in, like 90. Does it bother like, you? 99. It doesn't you said, bother me. You said WCW, so that would be Monday Nitro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. W- Raw is WWF. Yes. I wasn't. Yes. I wasn't going to correct him, but I knew I you were to. going to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, the weeds are tall at that point mm-hmm. for yeah. me, and yeah. I'm, I'm still. I'm wandering through the fragmite until well, I come out the other end. Yeah. No, to to quote my friend, <clears throat> when he was like, "Oh, uh, which episode is the Black Panther episode?" and he was like, "I'm 27 minutes in. You guys are talking about fucking sandwiches." <laughs> and yeah. you know, I had a great sandwich when I was in Philadelphia yeah. the other day. It was uh, it was fried chicken livers with gorgonzola cheese, wow. orange, orange marmalade, uh, fried salami, arugula, and hot sauce. It was one wow. of the best sandwiches I've ever had. Wow. And I distinctly remember you guys, well, you specifically, like referring other people to podcasts that would like discuss Black Panther. The way I guess people expected. Mm-hmm. If you want a more linear yeah, film right. podcast, there's like several. Mm-hmm. Like several. wrong, <laughs> what? There's several. There's like there's wrong. There's wrong. Yeah. There's wrong. But there's ones I like. Yeah. There's the sure. wrong reel or pure cinema pod or flicks wise. Flicks wise yeah. is they excellent. have like a structure that have right? more yeah. of a structure. Yeah. Or um, even even uh, Bradley Cornish's 
Four Brains, One Movie, mm -hmm. which focuses largely on sci-fi horror, is really yeah. good if you want to do a deep dive into sci-fi horror. And uh, one of the new 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 fans of our show, John Lovinger, has a podcast. It's cool, but I forgot what it's called, yeah. so I'm going to look it up while you guys yeah. talk. All right. Well, can I tie it back to the original question of like, why you know, anyone likes this podcast? <laughs> I don't believe. Yeah. That, why that do you like do. it? And also, um, yeah, I guess the genesis of like how we all like kind of connected. Um, yeah, when I first heard the podcast, like it really just felt like I was listening to friends having a conversation. And it made me want to join that conversation. That's why, yeah, why did it take so long for me to get on here? But anyway, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's just like listening guilt to Guilt tripping guys. doesn't work. It, makes, <laughs> it, it dysregulates me. Don't do that. All right. I'm not guilt tripping. But the whole thing with it is just, yeah, when I listen to you guys, like, you know, I laugh out loud. At film work. Baby Film is John Lobinger's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has an episode with Martin Kessler where they talk yeah. about Hard to Be a God. That's excellent. Oh, awesome. I got to listen to that. Yeah, um, Martin, Martin Kessler. Martin does these I don't think Martin Kessler is writing or talking about Hard to Be a God enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, just as, like, I guess a kind of semi-plug for my podcast. Eventually, it will find another life. I just, like, can't do, like, a subscription-based thing. But, like, I will find a way to disseminate it on the internet a podcast idea suggested to martin kessler is for us to just like go back and forth with field recordings so there'll be no words in the podcast it's just like random sounds that we record and then we respond like it's a call and response. i can see him going for that yeah <laughs> yeah i already proposed it to him he was like so you, are you upset that it took you this long to get on the podcast no, not really then well then why then why the gosh missive <laughs> no i just thought i'd throw it out there but um so so why <laughs> why yeah there's no real reason why it's just yeah you've seen this movie the ice rink that that we saw what was it called again the, the ice rink, rink. the yeah. ice rink uh, uh no i i you have you seen it before i like previewed the dvd when i got in the mail just to make sure that it was playing but i didn't watch it all the way through so, okay. I, yeah. I think a reason I like this movie too is there are a lot of familiar faces that I wasn't expecting, like Vincent Cassell, who I guess most people would know for like His Army father. of Shadows. Well, no, I meant him as actor, like His Army, Army of Shadows. Yeah, no, but Vincent Cassell's father is in the movie, huh? Yeah, you mentioned Vincent Cassell. John Pierre Cassell. Yeah, it's his father. Yeah. Yes. Vincent Cassell yeah, was sorry. not in this movie. John Pierre, Vincent Cassell's father. Jean-Pierre Cassell yeah. was in it, um, who mm -hmm. most people know, like Army of Shadows or La Ceremonie, which is one of the greatest movies ever made, just period. Or uh, Marielle, uh, Marielle Perrier, who was not only in Claire Denis' feature film debut, but she's, 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 she's part of that whole group of, like, she was in Leo Karash's first two films. Mm -hmm. She's buddies with Olivia Say. It's like that, that whole crew of French film that came about in the early to mid-'80s. Um, so yeah, there was some faces, and, and the guy who played the director is in um, Robert Altman's um, what is it with the, uh, Ready to Wear? Yeah, the oh, guy yeah. who played the director looked like he he could have been a bad guy. Yeah, could have been a bad guy in The Fifth yeah. Element or something. <laughs> oh, he might have been in The Fifth. Element. He might have yeah. been. No, I mean, Ready to Wear was like ninety four. The Fifth, el the fifth oh, Element. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Fifth Element pretty much kept France 90. in war. He looks pretty sinister yeah. on the DVD yeah. cover. Yeah. Yeah. He looks um, like someone of the Pusher series. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It could be. So, yeah, for listeners of the podcast, I don't know how you would find this movie. Um, it's yeah, it's really hard to find. Definitely. There's not even clips on YouTube. I was no. trying to like look up yeah. like when it was over. It's not even like I even, tried all these. Even that Academy like, screener uh, 
website that you put mm-hmm. me onto doesn't have it. They on don't there. have it. No. And yeah, it's, yeah it's sometimes you sometimes you're all snake eyes are trying to get these obscure movies, mm-hmm. and then it's weird. Like in prepping for a lot of these wrong reels, trying to find some stuff. For instance, when I was doing my Jamie Lee Curtis dig. Some of that shit wound up being really hard to find. Even yeah. something as, as blunt-edged as Death of a Centerfold, which is right. a TV movie from 80. It's like, good luck finding that. What's really cool is some stuff you'll just find on YouTube, and you never know. Like, yeah. James James Burnett's TV movies are all on YouTube. Charles Ooh, Burnett? Charles Burnett. Oh, Charles oh really? Burnett. Yeah, really? They're, yeah. all, oh, that's awesome. they're all on YouTube, and awesome. they're like all... Lord Selma. What was the one he did with Halle Berry? I, f- I forget, but it's awesome. The yeah, Wedding. Yeah, yeah. The Wedding or something, something or other. I mean, it's about a wedding. It's it's about a wedding, and it's actually really good. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this off air. Is that on on paper, Charles Charles Burnett has four films, but he's actually made way more than that. Mm -hmm. So it's weird when people don't consider the TV films part of the oeuvre. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like I I think podcasts. I was going to say like this one, but I I was listening to Pure Cinema. A few other ones, they do take the TV movies into account whenever they're discussing. So, like, when they did their John Carpenter blockbuster, they went through all the TV movies, which it's like, I didn't know half of those things on John Carpenter did for cash along the side. I want to say a couple things. I'm not going to stop talking about wrestling sometimes, because I do feel that some people really do like that. Absolutely do not, brother. Keep it going. But I'm open to your, I hear you. And I, I, I don't, I like the, I, you know, we're just trying to figure, we're just trying different things out. Like a couple of weeks ago, Marcus wasn't available. So Saskia was yeah. there and we did an episode that some people really liked. Mm-hmm. Like that so, and yeah, we're just, great. you know, we're just doing different things. Mm-hmm. And w- there's plenty of cinema podcasts that do the straight story. Well, actually, very few do episodes about the straight story because <laughs> I'd do an episode on the straight. Of story. course, you would. I bet that's your favorite David Lynch movie. Uh, it's a. It's, it's actually. Up there. It yeah. actually. It might be my favorite David yeah. Lynch movie. I really like the straight story. Yeah, I actually. really do too. Yeah. Actually, I also really like Doom, but that's no surprise. Why wouldn't I like Doom? But most people like are liking Doom. Doom now. There was a period where it first came out, it bombed, and then like there are people who liked it and were quiet about it, and then more right. recently, like people like it, like like it, like it, like unironic, like no, this is a good. I movie. unironically like. Doom. Dune, no. but I never read Dune. I just think we should do a podcast about Dune. We Marcus. should. We should. Right? We should, we should get a bunch of people together. <laughs> put it in Hancock's living room and do a podcast. You yeah. guys yeah. did an episode on Dune. Yeah. Yeah. On, it was five people. On Cribs. <laughs> on uh, Cribs. Uh, Cribs skyped in. Martin. Was in there. Kessler was in yeah. town. Yeah. 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 And I, I think Martin yeah. Kessler has been helpful in pushing the narrative. That Predator Two is the superior. I really Predator like that. Yeah, I'm so I'm so pleased. He's done and I have that. to see, like, when I look at the number of followers he has on Twitter and people mm-hmm. who like his stuff, it's like suddenly Predator, which is which is his goal, but it's kind of cool. Like, suddenly Predator, Predator, Predator Two, two is great. Predator like, it, I mean, Two was, is a great movie. What, what I'm saying is now, after years since knowing Martin Kessler since 2015, like the last like six to twelve months. It's been like Predator Two is this genius, great yeah. movie. And it's like I think you need to give uh, no, him a lot. I give, yeah, I give him, I give him a lot outside of this room because, as I've said many times, that the problem is that people just assume that whatever the consensus of a movie is, then it must be bad. Mm-hmm. That oh well, these critics said this movie was bad because, the, and I think if you were expecting a sequel to what Predator was. And you saw the city movie, maybe you were disappointed. Yeah. But it, but it's a good movie, just as I said many times, that people give all this unfair, unfair thought to the Lou Reed Metallica album, because it wasn't quite a Metallica album and it wasn't quite a Lou Reed album, but it was not as bad as the critics would tell you. Mm. It's a weird piece of music that that is interesting and deserves a little more 
discourse. And I also think it's funny that like right now Olivia Sayas is is using is doing movies with Kristen Stewart and Claire Denis is doing movies with Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. So for all the Twilight shippers, it's like finally, you know, they're with the right people. Because <laughs> Twilight was not a good movie. Well, I thought you were just going to get at the fact, too, that like Kristen Stewart and Pattinson used to be a couple, and then they split up, and it's like Olivia Sayes and Claire Denis are like best friends. Well, that they're working yeah, with. Yeah, I, like, was, I was saying know. all that because I wanted to see where you guys would go with it. I can't oh, be well, the only did. one. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's like, it's like they, you know, they divorce, and, mo- and mo- it's funny, like mom and dad are like, Claire Denis and, and Olivia <laughs> says. Yeah. Have, one went with dad, one went with mom. Have you ever read the comic book? I'm talking to you, Bill. I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. So I'm you look, said comic book. Yeah, yeah naturally. Right. Have you read the comic book, the Essex County Trilogy by Jeff, oh, Jeff Lemire? Lemire? No. Lemire? Jeff, is it Lemire? I don't know. I mean, I heard I, we, the podcast I listened to say Lemire. I don't know. I, Are sure. there good comic book podcasts? Uh, I think so, yeah. I listened to one of the grand dames of all podcasts about comic books called iFanboy. Which has been, I think, since 2005. I listened to that like in, when Civil War came out. Yeah. The comic book series, not the movie. Yeah, yeah. The actual thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, those guys are great. And they've been at it for a long time. And they're expert podcasters. You know, I'm nominally friends with a few of them, too. And um, they have a really good product. And they keep it, they, they really keep it tight. They put out a show, pretty much the same minute count, but have the same features. And they're critical faculty about comics has gotten so much better over the course of them doing the show because of the rigorousness of doing a show on a schedule. They just become good at something. If you keep talking about it, you keep analyzing it, your critical organ is going to get better and better, and they've become very good at it. I I hope I'm getting better critiquing things. I think so. I'm working on, I'm actively trying to say like and uh less. But I said like and uh a couple times on this episode. Mm -hmm. But Essex County by Jeff Lemire sure, is a gigantic story, epic of families in, in rural Canada with hockey. Oh, and, a, and, a, and a deer kid. Isn't and that the one with the deer no, kid? No, that's Sweet Tooth, man. Oh, right, right. That's Sweet Tooth. Okay. Fuck you, different movie, mm. man. <laughs> that That's an inside joke that mm. no one here knows about. Back in the day, <laughs> me and my friends knew this kid. I'm not going to say his name. And we just had this idea of what he would say because he looked like we called him Dead Boy, which mm-hmm. is not very nice, because he just <laughs> he, he just like a dead he looked kid. like he was kind of dead, and he hung out with mm-hmm. this kid who we called Cancer Crow because he looked like the crow but with cancer. Oh, look, we <laughs> <laughs> look. What do you want? I was, I've not always been a good person, and I'm working on being a better person. I can't pretend that I wasn't a jerk. I was bullied. I bullied. I was I was 16. Yes. I also gave those kids lots of. I'm not going to say. Uh, but anyways, we just had this idea that he would make up stuff and he'd be like, he would be like talking about a movie and be like, fuck you, different movie. Or like, mm. or like you got, we make jokes like he got caught masturbating. Be like, can a guy whack? And we just make up stuff. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but he, he, he grew up and became a good dude. Mm-hmm. I ran to him at a heavy metal bar as he, uh, many years ago. Mm. And he was like, you like metal? I was like, uh, not not particularly. Just, you know, having, having a good time. You know? <laughs> but yeah, Jeff Lemire has a great... Um, see there again with the ums. Has a great post-apocalyptic comic book called Sweet Tooth. Mm. Uh, that's sort of, I guess... Bambi meets Mad Max. Right. And it's so good. 
Mm-hmm. And I always hoped that they would turn that into a movie or a TV show. I bet he optioned it. just hasn't been made. And Essex County I recommend to anybody because it's heartbreaking. Well, and mentioned the magic word to me. Because actually, yeah, I, I'm not many people know this about me, but I'm actually a hockey fan. So, yeah, I'd love to read a graphic novel or a comic book about hockey. And it's, it's large and it's mm. beautiful. It's actually a trilogy. It's gigantic. And it was optioned to be made a movie and it never came out. And it really disappointed me because mm. I knew that it was going to be really good because I think that hockey, as evidenced in the sup- superior Goon 2 and Goon 1, just wonderful films, that hockey is a, is a sport that people are very passionate about and mm. could be given the sort of oomph that people need for a great story. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of the next to lacrosse. It's sort of the bastard stepchild of a lot of different mm-hmm. you know markets for some reason. Right. Even though there's so much hockey in the United States, yeah. it's it's treated uh, with this arms reach disdain for some strange reason. I, I too actually am a hockey fan. I don't mm-hmm. watch it, but I was a huge fan when I was younger. It's also it, it, it's lacrosse. Oh, Rangers man, it's I'm the, sure Rangers. Fan. Of yeah. course, of course, he is. <laughs> lacrosse, hockey is lacrosse except you tie knives to your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Uh, have yeah. you ever have you ever heard the hardcore band Two Man Advantage? No, they're amazing. It's <laughs> a great title, though. Well, because yeah. they're a hardcore band and they just they just talk they just sing about hockey. Uh, awesome. <laughs> that's like uh, that's their I'm thing. Down for that. <laughs> uh, so you like hockey? I do. Yeah. What else? What else don't we know about you? <laughs> There's a lot of things, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, yeah, I can talk about hockey a little bit about like my love for it. Um, I actually, cause I came from California and I'm going back to California. How did we not mention the Mighty Ducks franchise? Yeah, we're talking exactly. about hockey yes. movies. I grew up on oh, those right, Mighty right. Ducks movies. I saw neither or three. Were there three of them? Yeah, there, there were three. three. Uh, the only, third one was direct to Yeah, it was DTV video. and yeah. only has Emilio Estevez in it for like, yeah. for five minutes. Yeah, Can any of those kids go on to be anything? Casey. Casey Witter. Uh, Keenan Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> Knuckle puck time. Yeah, Knuckle puck time, dude. D2. D2, the Mighty Ducks. Joshua Jackson from the actual French. Yeah. Foggy, Foggy Nelson. Yeah. Oh, the kid that are uh, that I did know. Yeah. One of the Bash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, right, I think yeah. the actress also went on to to be. Oh, um, the the goalie, uh, Julie the cat. Like she went on like one of the. She became a chef, and then she went on one of those Food Network <coughs> shows as a contestant. The kid from um, the the Latino kid who was also you know Benny the Jet Rodriguez in Sandlot, but I guess he hasn't uh. done much recently. Although, have you seen him recently? He's like jet. He's clearly on steroids. They did this thing where like it was like a reunion cast of the Sandlot, mm-hmm. and I didn't even. I was like, "Where's Benny the Jet?" And he's just like total like yeah. swole, brawl, super <laughs> swole. Yeah, yeah. Mark, I, Mark, I have a weird question. The Sandlot was this movie I never heard of, right? And yet I was out in public like last month. I was I was traveling. I was in Florida, and I saw some dude who was wearing this T-shirt that says "You're killing, killing me, Smalls." Smalls. Yeah. And I thought, this I, you know how rare it is to see a movie meme that I don't know that gets past Especially me. Especially that. That's uh, yeah. Well, well, that was '92, right? And for some reason, it came. I think I that, that was a little later than '92, like '94 or something. Maybe '94. Like that. that movie came out. I didn't know anything about it. But then that people maybe. are people are still carrying on that now. I just thought, like, I instantly got angry because it's like, how fucking dare they try to get a movie meme like me? Right, it's like, right, I know right. all of them. Even if I don't know it, I know <laughs> it. take it personally. That, I took it personally because I don't know that one. I'm like, where the fuck is this from? And it's yeah. like, it looks hilarious, or at least that part of it. I'm like, man, I can't believe that guy, whoever that putz is, it just walked by me in the crowd, knows something I don't. You just, you described my anger from when I went to go see um, 
that Todd Haynes Bob Dylan movie. Yeah, because I love yeah. Todd Haynes. I don't. I know Bob so Dylan. little. Oh, about Margaret Dylan. Margaret Moreau was was in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, right. as the as the one of the main actresses, yeah. one yeah. of the main characters. And where is she from? In is she Mighty the Mighty Ducks. Ducks, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, okay. she was. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, fine. the thing that she's remembered for is like I think she was the figure skater, and then she was making out with that guy the whole time. Uh, one of the the original Mighty Ducks mm-hmm. uh, players, yeah. <laughs> what were you guys talking about? Bob Dylan, yeah. the dark Bob Dylan. Uh, the yeah. weeds, the being in the weeds. No, of Bob oh, because I got mad at I lo- like Todd Haynes is a guy, like don't get me started uh-huh. on him. So to be in a full sold out movie theater. And getting these clearly, they were references to some Bob Dylan B side from the back of a con- folk New York City East Village folk thing that I didn't get, and all these people laughing. I'm like, I don't get it. Where it's mm. like, you know, Poison, Safe, Velvet Goldmine, uh, you know, uh, Far from Heaven, all the stuff that I know and got and understood, and then these people just suddenly love Todd Haynes because you know, ever since Far from Heaven up till now. All his movies have been nominated for Academy Awards. He's not yeah. like Kate Blanchett is like one of his regular like. So he's not like a household name, but he's mainstream, and I don't mean that in, in a critical but isn't, way. Isn't that good? So because, it's like, so no, no, I'm not saying it's bad at all. But it's it's more just on a personal level, just like sharing someone who like I was pretty much with from like the ground up, and you want them mm-hmm. to be popular and to make movies. And now I'm and now I've reverted. Now I'm even more upset because like he made this great movie Wonderstruck that nobody, nobody talked saw. about, which is yeah. wonderful. It's so rare. Most family movies are not family movies. They're, they're just movies for little kids that like adults can kind of no, tolerate. No, this is an epic. Wonderstruck can be enjoyed by anyone of any age mm-hmm. what, whatsoever, and nobody gave it the I time of day. Love that movie. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, if you if you double featured it with Hugo, you just have a magical afternoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Brian Selznick diptych. Mm-hmm. Oh right, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good point. What? He wrote both of the books that it's based on. Oh, Wonderstruck is far put more it together. superior, though. Yeah. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I really like Hugo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also really like Wonderstruck. We haven't talked about it yet on the show, so. Is that for real? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I only recently watched oh, okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it. I, I didn't like to revisit. I didn't like it. Really? It. Yeah, it didn't work for me. Yeah. Todd Haynes doesn't work for me. I mean, I don't, I, that doesn't oh surprise God. me. I could punch into like Far From Heaven. I mean, I like the movie. I, I just not. I, I, I can't get kind of like top down culty about the whole thing. I can kind of like pick and choose some things like a salad bar, um, but just like I, just Todd Haynes himself doing it is not a guarantee that I'm going to like it because stylistically he's got a lot of formal yeah. flourishes yeah. that just kind and of and that's what right Wonderstruck was. And I feel like I guess if you don't like if you're not into Todd Haynes, I could say you're not into Wonderstruck because Wonderstruck is like it's like a Todd Haynes mixtape from like a mix of silent film, a mix of color, a mix black and white mm-hmm. bunch of movie references like that's all that's a lot of what his stuff was mm-hmm. you know i've only like, seen so. half of his films i'm not even gonna he doesn't have it he doesn't have that many anyway yeah. so but yeah. i've seen you know the price of salt and wonderstruck and price the bob salt? dylan movie uh, carol carol oh 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 yeah, the book the, duh yeah. yeah 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 i was just being oh pretend- the recent stuff. i was being pretentious <laughs> sure <laughs> i was being pretentious yeah. you know what see now i get i feel uh, pretentious because immediately i'm like you got to see the earlier stuff man you got to yeah. see poison and say because those superstar. two movies are masterpiece um, superstar yeah the superstar no Vel- i saw velvet goldmine yeah. velvet goldmine's great the, mu- uh, the the original music creator for that is excellent mm-hmm. who the, was that do you know tom york and a bunch of other people it was yeah tom, oh, okay. well, they, yeah there were two different bands 
there was like a Ewan McGregor band and the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan De- Reese uh, Jonathan Reese Jonathan Reese Ma- yeah so yeah. yeah it was like and Thurston they, had, they Moore made from, actual music yeah, and it's, Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth was in one yeah it's, it's, it's actually yeah. quite good yeah. the soundtrack yeah. is quite like, good at that point you have to make good music like you were saying you need to produce the art that and it's mm. in the thing so you believe what you're looking at yeah. and it's really hard to do the thing that's supposed to be as good as everyone's talking about but it in was, that case they did it was, it was a rare well if you get Thurston Moore and Radiohead who in 1999 were both still creating really great records and dick oh we want you to make some glam stuff fuck around it actually worked um it's also just a really good soundtrack mm-hmm. and yeah sometimes it really doesn't work and you're just like this 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 is not what i'm this is not what i want this is not what i thought i was getting into yeah i wish todd haynes instead of making a bob dylan movie made a phil oaks movie mm. Yeah, I'd be curious. It's a sadder, that. more interesting story. About Phil Collins movie. Oh, then I'd be on board. You a big fan of Phil Collins? I'm going to see Phil Collins at Barclays Center in October. I'm very excited. I've never been to Barclays Center because Barclays Center was built upon the bar where my friend got married and divorced. Wow. It's like Poltergeist. It's built on top of a cemetery yeah. they didn't move the bodies from. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. It's Culturegeist. Yeah. It is Culturegeist. Mm-hmm. Now, if here's the thing, I'm not see SummerSlam next year. I know that much. I know. Here's here's the thing: if someone was like, if someone said to me, "I got free tickets to see Fleetwood Mac," would you like to come? I'd probably say yes. I'm not. It's really hard to protest everything. Yes, you spend a lot of time protesting and not a lot of time doing. And I want to do lots of things. And part of if you want to change the machine and change the world, you have to be active in the world. Here's the thing. Would you see Fleetwood without Lindsay? Because that's the way they're doing it right now. No. Okay. But, no, I would. I certainly would not see Fleetwood Mac without Stevie. It's Stevie, it's John McPhee, and it's Mick, I think, right now. That's who the band is. What What's going on with Lindsay? They fired Lindsay. Like, Lindsay was just, you know, he's, he's a giant asshole. And they, fi- they finally fired him. I guess, you know, how many times can you fire a guy over the course of a band that's been around for 50 years now? But it's, like, ridiculous that you'd need to fire Lindsey Buckingham when he's, like, 70 years old. And you guys have been making music since the Kleist scene. Well, they, what could well, he possibly I mean, do they now start, that's a fireable offense? They st- I mean, they started out as a weird white blues band. Yeah. One of the dudes left to be in a cult. And then they were like, what are we going to do? So they hired this couple. Yeah, it was Lindsey uh, Buckingham and Stevie Buckingham Nicks. Nicks was, yeah, they essentially Buckingham swallowed Nicks. another band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what Yes did, by the way, with, with the Buggles for the drama album in 1980, which is one of the best pieces of music ever made. And also, members of the Buggles were part of the Art of Noise. Yeah, Trevor Horn was the producer for the Art of Noise, and we, ABC, and a bunch of great acts from the yeah, 80s, too. I fucking love Art of Noise. Art that was incredible. They made that 30-minute-long that 30 minute long song that's just, like, the best techno song ever still. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 oh, boom, yeah. boom, boom, Moments in love. Moments, love. Moments in love. That yeah. shit's so hard, dude. <laughs> or as I like to call it, I love cocaine. It's <laughs> pretty much what the theme is. <laughs> um, yeah, or like Arthur Russell. You, you like Arthur Russell. I've never heard of Arthur Russell. Seriously? <laughs> like, the, the multi-talented cello player, disco guy country guy who did is it all over my face oh, yeah. i love dancing i thought you about arthur brown for a minute no the amazing world of arthur brown i don't know that fire 
I don't know everything. So uh, you're okay. like you're like into prog rock. Yeah, prog rock is my mm -hmm. thing. Do so you like oh. so, so you like, like King you, Crimson? Yes. Oh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, best band. Well, I mean, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, I think, are the best of that era. Yeah. People, some some people would put Yes and and you know that's like it's like a three way heat between Yes, Crimson. I prefer and Giles, Giles, and Fripp if we're getting deep. Oh, and know. I like the free, the Fripp Eno records. Fripp Eno records are great, and Bob Fripp did some albums with Andy Summers from the Police. He did two albums that are fucking incredible. They're great instrumentals from like '84 and '85. And also, Robert Fripp did a record with Daryl Hall. Really? That's Amazing! Whoa, it's you're amazing, dude. It's it's so fucking good. because oh. it's Daryl Hall with Robert Fripp. That's why. It's, yeah, it's it's, Hall. it's it's Hall and Fripp. So wait, is this like when was this like back in the? Like, this has to be eighties, the, the Man Eater days, like in the real. Yeah, thing? it was just oh. you know when you would make a solo record. I'm even though you were in a band. Band. I would love this. And oh. also, yeah, I I don't I, I don't it. love King Crimson, but I love Fripp and I love Giles Giles and Fripp that record. And I really do love what they did for for Echo and Delay. And I really that was old that was, and, when, and Adrian Ballou too, like the two of those guys together. In, in 1998, the members of the Flaming Lips were like, we need to have a meeting because they were making all this weird punk music mm. that was barely palatable punk music. It was very good, but it was mm. more like noise rock. They're like, "Look, guys, I like Yes." And the other members were like, we like Look Yes, too. <laughs> and so they made the Soft Bulletin yeah, right yeah, after right. realizing that they wanted to make music like Yes. Right. And the Soft Bulletin, in my opinion, was, was the logical progression mm -hmm. of prog rock. Mm -hmm. or, or if you want to go darker, or the logical progression of King Crimson would be the Mars Volta deloused in... Oh, yeah. yes, I love that. Yeah, one. I, I, that's, that's, I yeah. mean, if you like prog rock and you don't like that, you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> No, both. The, well, it was the Delos and the Come Term. What was their second album? I don't know. The, 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 the Francis Mew yeah. was two out there. Without Rick yeah. Rubin, they got two out it's, there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a little more obscure. Uh, but Delos and the Come Term is great. That like, has so many different threads. I mean, that mm -hmm. you know, there, there's even a weird, there's even a weird middle ground of Prague, Like what happened in the '80s. There's a band called Marillion who I think is the missing link. It's almost like the Lucy fossil that no one's found. It's right. this link between Genesis and event, you know, like if you're going to go early Genesis with Phil, uh, with Peter Gabriel wearing the headdress of the sunflower and everything, and then you're going to get to the, you know, the 2000s where Cedric Bixler, uh, Rodriguez, is that his name? Omar Rodriguez. Yeah. Omar Rodriguez, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like those guys, the kind of music they're making. In the middle is, I think, uh, Marillion, which a lot of people don't give enough credit to because it's it seems so... Influenced by uh, Tolkien, just by the name, yeah. but like their their first three albums. Tolkien this, was a herb. Tolkien was a herb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know about you guys, but like it seems like '98 seems to be like looming heavy. Um, it's for some reason I don't on know. On this episode, and also like yeah, it was it was on the vanguard of different data and different ways to listen to music so yeah. so music was on the vanguard rap music 98 was a was a banner mm. year film was a banner year yeah um, moment was, of truth it, yeah came out in 98 a lot oh please. a Quemini, yeah. black star Quemini, black star yeah, jay-z's third album um brand nubian, last record. brand nubian reunited tribes yeah. last record uh, miseducation of lauren Hill. Of, no well um, i mean are you guys a fan not, of it's, um, no it's i don't know if that's a hip-hop album it's yeah a good album, it's but. a hip-hop album i don't know that it's a rap album mm. What's the distinction? It's an R&B album with some <laughs> rap stuff sprinkled yeah. throughout. It. Rap is something you do, hip-hop is something you live. 
But also, in, in, indie rock was having was having a banner year with. Mm. So ninety eight was was an important year, and there was mm. also the ninety eight thesis. But that was like hundreds of years ago by that asshole mm. Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King. <laughs> yeah, Martin, Martin Luther, Luther, the guy who nailed that. Yeah, ninety nine. No, ninety nine theses. It was the ninety nine theses. I think it was the ninety nine theses. But yeah, prog rock is super cool. The Flaming Lips are super cool. The mm. Christmas on Mars. That's a film we haven't talked about movies for like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> three minutes. Yeah. So, Christmas on Mars with the Blues Clues guy. Blues Clues dude made a record. Steve. Steve oh made, yeah, made a record Steve. produced by that, yeah. um, Dave Friedman, who produced. The Mercury Rev records, the Flaming Lips records, the Sparkle Horse Rest in Peace records, which is which rap music is my favorite music. My second music favorite music is jazz, and my third is Flaming Lips genre, really? whatever genre their own genre. Is. Well, there's lots so of bands. Mercury Rev, mm. th- these bands. Sparkle. What about Butthole Surfers? Because they predated all that stuff. Weren't they like grungy? They, they predated no. the original Flaming Lips sound. Yeah, absolutely. the original Flaming Lips. True. When yeah, when true. Flaming Lips admitted in that they loved yes mm. it, it became their own thing and i don't think butthole servers get nearly enough credit no. and i run to the lead singer of red hook all the time <laughs> oh gibby haynes yeah really he yeah in new york at the, yeah at the record store he's at Benny's? he's at he's at pioneer works all the time oh, okay. and i have seen him oh, at, at benny's record shop yeah. a 360 record shop uh-huh. on van brunt street very much recommend you go there and what we we're trying to say what i was trying to say also when we were talking about prog rock mm-hmm and things that I find more listenable or, or, or whatever, is that Miles Davis, deloused, right, mm-hmm. versus Frank Francis the Mute, mm-hmm. is that Miles Davis, Bitches Brew, is his most famous fusion yeah. record, but it's not his best fusion record, in my opinion. Yeah. I think... In a silent way? In a silent way, or um, on the corner, or... Yeah. Um, live um, Evil. Live Evil. Oh, I love Live Evil. Because those, yeah. those are more controlled... Mm. So like even like Ornette Coleman's records, when he gets mm. a little out of hand, it can be I need it, I need to reel it in. Ornette Coleman, this is America. What's the Ornette Coleman? Made doc? in America. Made in America. I wanted to ask you guys, you know, because it's like there's Ornette Made in America and then OJ Made in America. They have like the same title. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I prefer the Ornette Coleman one. Yeah, me too. I prefer OJ. Well, mm-hmm. I prefer that Ornette Coleman. Well, actually, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I don't think OJ killed his wife, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Ornette Coleman, though, like, I'm not convinced. Yeah, Ornette is like my biggest like inspiration. Like, no, you like Ornette Coleman? I do. Yes, and I buy every Ornette record I can find when I see a vinyl of Ornette. I'm a completist when it comes to him. Like, I want to buy every single thing he's released, even like the. What was the band that he had? Uh, um, see, I'm not that big of a fan because I can't even recall what the name of the band was. I think I saw him perform yeah. with Prime Time. But I think yeah. I think I saw him perform. No, no, I saw someone from his band perform with Dan Deacon at SUNY Purchase many mm. years ago, and it was super weird. Was it the bassist? Maybe uh, Charlie Hayden. I don't He's know. incredible too. Yeah, I mean, just we were referencing band. Dan Deacon earlier mm. from that. Oh no. The Liam Lynch song, Drinking Out of Cups. Mm-hmm. Not right. Uh, I'm not, I'm but not, yeah, I'm there's something about Ornette's music. It just, again, it's like exploring and pushing things towards whatever limit it was. I mean, I think uh, yeah, you say rap is your favorite music and jazz is your second. Jazz is my favorite, but I really do acknowledge that 
the way we know jazz now really i feel like it ended with ornette like that was really it and like it the jazz that i appreciate now is closer to like noise so that would be like john zorn or like lightning bolt like they're the ones who are continuing jazz in that direction and like the stuff you see at like blue note or like whatever the lincoln center like those are just standards like they don't really push jazz forward right it's sort of how classical music that you see at lincoln center is not right. really necessarily what what cl- neoclassical is mm-hmm. most of the time and if if ornette coleman made a s- weird statue would you call it ornate coleman yes i totally would i don't think jazz music ended with ornette coleman because fusion is actually probably my favorite genre of jazz okay. and thundercat is still making great jazz fusion but um, let's yeah. let's start let's start to wrap this up. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> you got you got you got some, you got some. Tell me more about ice. Tell me more about this movie. Tell me more things about ice. <laughs> or this movie. Whatever, vanilla ice, not not the group ice. Yeah, that's not the drug saying. ice. I don't know. Yeah, Isis, vanilla Isis. Or the, yeah, the Egyptian <laughs> god Isis. That too. Yeah, or the dog from uh, Downton Abbey. That's true. It was Isis. One of my favorite lines from the RZA, just ice, 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 from Sun Shower, the bonus track on um, Wu-Tang Forever. Grits is my favorite RZA song. It's and one. one of my favorite rap songs of all time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, where can people find you guys? I'll go first. Um, yeah, I'm not really much of an internet presence, uh, but if you want, if you are in New York, I'm actually trying to catch most of the Lao Kar Lung uh, kung fu movies that are playing at MoMA. They're doing like a huge res- retrospective. I know by the time this episode drops, uh, the show that I'm going to be at, you probably won't make it, but if somehow people are able to time travel, I'm going to be um, at MoMA on Thursday at 7 to watch this movie called Dirty Ho which is my favorite kung fu movie ever. Uh, and it stars Gordon Liu, who most people probably know as Pai Mei in right. Kill Bill. And it's Sonny Oh, no, from, from the Shaw Brothers. Yeah, I'm not a Tarantino fan. And is, yeah. there, is there a scene in the movie where the Grandmaster says, whoever threw a paper at me, your mother's a hoe. <laughs> does anyone, I wish. Does anyone say yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, I wish. Uh, I would do that ninja star, your mom's a dirty hoe. <laughs> If you text, if you text me, maybe I'll go see that. Yeah, for sure. If you want my, if you want my company, and I just want to say, would you have anything before we close? Uh, I'm on Twitter at William Scurry. Uh, The podcast is at Noah and Bill Show, uh, and I'm just always clucking with everybody. We're all having a giant Twitter conversation, so join in. (laughs) There you go. Beauty will be convulsive, or will not be at all. Freezing cold in eight to nine you the cold maze, say one freezing cold in answer and choose all. All right. We don't stay in the shoes now, a whole building scene, then a whole red may begin to come about dying. Just a god, baby, this jam.
I 